Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And this is a bit of a recurring theme, sort of a podcast as well, one that I will occasionally break out because I think it's important, whether anyone else does or not, I try to make it entertaining either way. Um, as of right now, Major League Baseball teams are not permitted to trade draft choices. They're not permitted to, even if both sides want to make the trade, teams cannot trade draft picks. Sometimes there have been some certain picks that have been eligible to be traded, but as of now, as of today, as of late August in 2021, teams are not allowed to trade draft picks that may change soon. Some people are really looking forward to it because they think that if you can all of a sudden make trades, including draft picks, then trades for draft picks will become prevalent and exciting and fascinating and everybody will love it. I think they're kind of full of it because... Unless you know, let's say it gets to the eighth pick in the draft in 2022, and all of a sudden teams can trade draft choices. Gets to the eighth pick in the draft, and somebody, uh, um, Rob Manfred steps to the podium and says, we have a trade. The, whoever's drafting eighth, what do we want to say is eighth? Um, who do we want to say is eight? Say Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins have traded the eighth draft pick in the 2022 draft to, insert team here, and in exchange they will get to do whatever here. Maybe it'll be draft picks for draft picks. Maybe it'll be draft picks for a third baseman, maybe a... I don't know. But in reality, it only seems like it would make sense to me that people would really care about the draft pick. People actually know about the players. If people actually know about the players before the trade happens. So, for instance, the Cub, or the, the Bears back a number of years ago traded up because they wanted to get a quarterback. They ended up taking Mitch Trubisky. And two of the quarterbacks that went after Mitch Trubisky did a little bit better than Mitch Trubisky has done, had done with the Bears. Mitch Trubisky gets, uh, reaches free agency, goes to Buffalo, comes in, plays in Chicago, and plays like he absolutely knows what he's doing. Oh. Maybe the trade wasn't the problem. Maybe the maybe there was something else. But trades only carry weight if the players involved are already familiar. Baseball fans, by and large, don't give a rat's ass about some outfielder from Clemson. Most baseball fans don't really care about 
who's their starting pitcher that night in advanced A-ball. Most baseball fans don't give a damn. Show me the 25 guys on the roster, 26 guys on the roster. Show me them kicking the ass of my rival, and I will gloat, at least for a night. That's what baseball fans are concerned about. I want to know how my team is going to do this year. And you saw that all over. You saw that all over in July. The Cubs made future trade for future trade for future trade for future trade. Every single one of them made sense long term. Short term, didn't make sense. And the Cubs got drilled over it. No surprise. No, no surprise at all. I don't care about Kevin Alcantara. I do. Kind of interested in Alexander Canario and Daniel Palencia. Kind of interested in a whole bunch of them. But most Major League Baseball fans, show me who are the guys on the 20. Don't make any trades unless you're going to improve the 26-man roster. That's, that's the general mindset. You might possibly get a situation where there is a guy that is so far and above in the draft, that some people are familiar with him. Steven Strasburg was very popular running up to the draft. Bryce Harper was very popular in the draft. Chris Bryant, he wasn't the guy the Cubs were supposed to select. They were supposed to draft the ace. John Gray was going to supposed to be an ace. The Cubs were supposed to draft him. Well, kind of ended up okay. But people don't know... If people don't know about a player, they're not interested. They really aren't interested. Cubs fans weren't interested in Frank Schwindel. Cubs fans were not interested in Frank Schwindel until he started hitting doubles and homers. Once Frank Schwindel started hitting doubles and homers, hey, this Frank Schwindel dude, he's kind of cool. Patrick Wisdom. People didn't give a damn about him in March, in May. In May, in late May, when Patrick Wisdom got called up, why the hell are we calling this guy up? Don't we have somebody better? Psst. Daisy didn't notice. He's going to set the all-time Cubs rookie home run record. I don't know if you noticed that, but it's about to happen. People didn't give a damn. I don't care about him. I don't like him. I don't like him. I've never heard of him. I don't like him. See him eight or ten games? Well, okay, maybe I don't hate him. Because that's how baseball fans are. They hate what they don't know. Baseball fans hate what they don't know. That's generally how they are. Care about some guy that the Cubs might draft in the second round? Why the heck do I care about him? He won't be in the major league for four or five years. I might be dead by then. That's the, that's the mindset. So, yeah. There is talk about allowing draft picks to be traded. And there are people who think it would be a good idea for draft picks to be traded because it would spur interest in the draft. I don't want to spur interest in the draft because picks are traded. But I want picks to be able to be traded. But not for the reason everybody else wants to. I've got my own reason. Um, again, let, let, let's say that the Cubs are... Um, 
Cubs have a pitcher. Cubs have a pitcher that um, in a future year, in a future year, I'm not even going to use the guys they have on the roster now. Cubs have a pitcher that he's okay, kind of extraneous right before the draft. You know, uh, you have room for the three lefty relievers, and the Cubs actually have four, you dig? So Cubs have four lefty relievers right before the trade deadline, or right before the draft, you know, week before the draft, whatever. And of the four relievers, one of them is the best of the four. The other three, coin flips. You know, kind of like through a bunch of the season, there's the question of, is Chafin or Brothers, who's really going to be the guy that's going to... Chafin had a fantastic year. Brothers, well, he's still around. And um, Kyle Ryan no longer is. But for a while, there's, you know, there's a definite question of, well, which one of them is actually the best? Which one is the most long-term logical, etc., 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 etc.? Let's say right before the draft, there's a situation the Cubs have one really good reliever and three guys that are equal and totally competent. And the Cubs end up trading one of those relief pitchers right before the draft to another team for um sixth round draft pick. Fair call? Sixth round draft pick. 18th round draft pick. Whatever the draft pick is. This guy's extraneous. Y'all can have him. Give us back something we're interested in. Okay, we're done. We're good. Then carry on with your life. That's the kind of sort of trade that um, possibly might happen on into the future. It'd be reasonable. You know, it's like, okay, we have this guy that we'd just soon trade him and get something back. Okay, we'll take a draft pick instead of a minor leaguer. You do that kind of a thing. So yeah, I would like to see draft pick trades that don't involve the first or the second or the third round. Just a case of, hey, I got this guy, let's make a trade. For instance, um, there were a number of trades down the stretch. Down the stretch, um, some players that were traded, some players that possibly weren't traded. I'm still trying to figure out why Sebi Zavala is the backup catcher for the White Sox. That makes no sense to me. The White Sox are going to the postseason. That's not an argument. That's a statement. Sebi Zavala is their backup. Sebi Zavala is their backup. If something happens to uh, Yasmani Grandal, Sebi Zavala is their starter. That seems to be a problem. Have the Cubs and Sox not already made so many trades already? Um, trade... Robinson Chirinos for an eighth-round draft pick. Fair? Seem reasonable? You better than, uh, Chirinos better than Sebi Zavala. You guys get Chirinos? Cubs get Chirinos back. Seems reasonable, right? You know, maybe I'm giving the wrong number. Maybe, no, not the eighth round. It would be the twelfth round, you idiot. Same basic premise. You know, get somebody that on one team is extraneous, is unnecessary. You trade them, the other team gets them, and you get back something in return in a draft pick. That would make so much perfect sense to me. Now, as I look at the Cubs 40-man roster, which I'm doing quite a bit of these days, 
Cubs 40-man roster. Cubs candidates for being added to the 40-man roster. Occasionally you see a guy who he belongs on the 40-man roster. He does. There's really not an argument. He probably belongs on the 40-man roster. He should be on the 40-man roster. If he's taken off of the 40-man roster, someone else will happily pick him up and add him to their 40-man roster. You have one of those guys who he belongs on the 40-man roster. But he really doesn't fit the organization. He really doesn't fit the organization for whatever reason. And I'm seeing a case like that on the Cubs roster right now. I'm seeing a case on it on the Cubs roster right now. I've run through the... I, I don't think... Have I done it on the podcast? No, I don't think I have. Uh, I have 25 guys on the left column now. Edward Elzelay, Anderson Espinosa, Kyle Hendricks, Cody Hoyer, Braylon Marquez, Alec Mills, Tommy Nance, Manny Rodriguez, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, Alexander Vizcaino, Rowan Wick, Brad Wick, Miguel Amaya, Wilson Contreras, David Bodie, um, Nico Horner, Nick Madrigal, Rafael Morel, Nick Schwindel, or Greg Schwindel, Patrick Wisdom, Alexander Canario, Greg Dykeman, Ian Happ, Jason Hayward. Really not a whole lot of ones that can be severely aggressively argued. Possibly you might think that Ian Happ, da-da-da, whatever, I don't like Ian Happ. Okay, well, fine. Um, he's going to make sense for $5 million or $6 million because in the last three full seasons... 2018, 2019, 2020, Fangraphs had him worth $10 million or more in each of those three seasons. So yeah, it kind of makes sense. He's probably going to be worth giving a $6 million contract to this offseason. Right-hand column, Davies, Stewart, Romine, Romine, Lobatone, Chirinos, Higgins, Duffy. Really not a whole lot to argue there. It's not that I want to um, permanently cast... Uh, Matt Duffy out of the Wrigley Field jurisdiction. If he wants to sign non, uh, non-roster contract over the offseason, that'd be fine. I'd love it. I'd be completely down with that. But as far as him having a 40-man roster spot over the offseason, he's a free agent. He's going to be a free agent as soon as the World Series concludes, unless the Cubs give him an extension. And the Cubs are not going to give him an extension. So Duffy is in the right column because he's not going to be given an extension. Offensive players, um, center column, Sergio Alcantara, Alfonso Rivas probably won't be in the center column very long. Rafael Ortega probably won't be in the center column very long. Michael Hermosillo, fascinating concept, fascinating concept, fascinating concept. Okay, um, now we get to the pitchers, and one of these guys is the guy that I'm discussing in this podcast. Argument could be made for a second player as well. Corey Abbott, Rex Brothers, um, Tim can't read his own writing, 
Not the first time that's ever happened. Dylan Maples, Trevor McGill. Who the heck is that name there? Um, oh, Jonathan Holder. So I, I, I'm going to, since, since I couldn't read my name, take two. Pitcher names. Center column. Corey Abbott. Rex Brothers. Jonathan Holder. Dylan Maples. Trevor McGill. Adam Morgan. Michael Rucker. Adrian Sampson. Scott Efros. I think Efros will probably be added to the left column rather soon. Um, two players on that list honestly make very realistic trade possibilities if teams were allowed to trade draft picks. If teams were allowed to trade draft picks, they would make very logical sense. At some point, the Cubs are going to get to a situation where they can no longer hang on to Dylan Maples. Unless he figures it out. If he figures it out, then he's going to uh, blow people away and be an absolute filthy threat at the major league level. But at some point, Dylan Maples, the Cubs might not have a 40-man roster spot for him. But they're not going to want to non-tender him. They just aren't. He has too much stuff going on. There's too much there. Yes, he has a tendency to walk the entire universe. Yes, there are games that you can't get the bullpen warmed up quickly enough to replace him. But there are days when he's on point, and his numbers at the major league level this year have been very good. Dylan Maples is going to get to that point where at some point the Cubs are going to decide, I really think we've had enough. We've tried long enough. We've tried hard enough. If we take him to spring training and he doesn't have... He, 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 he can't justify a bullpen roster spot. If he can't justify a bullpen roster spot, he'll have to get designated for assignment. He'll have to get designated for assignment. And once a player is designated for assignment, let's say, let's say, let's say, a team was interested in a player who on the Fangraphs list is a 40. He is a 40 on the Fangraphs, Fangraphs list. Very reasonable prospect. Whether a pitcher, whether a hitter, whether a starter, whether left-handed, whether right-handed, whatever. Very legitimate piece. Very legitimate piece. But all of a sudden, once he's designated for assignment, teams generally tend to, at least to an extent, back away. To an extent, back away. Because, let's say, he's a 40 we're certainly willing to give up 35-plus for him, right? He's a 40, at least on our board. We'd be willing to give up 35-plus to get him because we're getting the guy who's the better player, at least if all the other things wash out, right? If you can trade a 35-plus 35, <laughs> 35 to get a 40, that seems like a good deal, doesn't it? 
Get it? But once he gets designated for assignment, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, we may have mentioned at some point in the past that we were interested in offering a 35 plus for this player who we consider a 40. But now that you've designated for designated him for assignment, I don't think we're willing to offer that much. Trading Dylan Maples would be very difficult for the Cubs right now. Very difficult for the Cubs because which team, which team is going to offer really anything for Dylan Maples knowing he's going to require a 40-man roster all offseason and he's going to require a 40-man roster spot in April and May and June. Perhaps he figures it out with their organization. Perhaps he does. And that's what they're hoping for. That would be the plan if Dylan Maples was acquired in a trade by anyone, from anyone, for anyone, to the Cubs. Except who's making the trade? Realistically, who's making the trade? You're not going to have Tampa... Detroit, Oakland, you're not going to have a really good team saying, yeah, I want to burn a 40-man roster spot on Dylan Maples. You're not going to have people saying that. And they're certainly not going to be saying, I want to burn a 40-man roster spot on Dylan Maples over the entire offseason and into the next season especially if I'm going to have to give up quality to get him. So what, what sort of quality are you going to receive for a Dylan Maples? If you're making a trade with like a Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh would probably be willing to give Dylan Maples a 40-man roster spot for April, May, and June. That, that would be reasonable. They did that for Dwayne Underwood Jr., it would be very understandable for Pittsburgh to say, yes, we would be willing to accept Dylan Maples and give him a roster spot through April, April, May, and June and see what happens. Except if you're trying to make that sort of a trade with Pittsburgh, what's the return? You know, are, are you gonna, you're not going to get a recent draft pick that they just made. You know, a uh, seventh round draft pick from two from a year ago, or uh, off season. Hey, let's let's make a twenty twenty one draft pick. Who's going to want to trade a twenty twenty one draft pick that did rather well in twenty twenty one, or had a good college record and is coming off of an injury? So you get the Tommy John surgery guy, drafted him. Tommy John surgery knew that he had Tommy John surgery, wasn't going to play at all in twenty twenty one. We're planning on him being back and ready and good to go in 2022. Teams aren't going to draft that guy, commit to that guy, think about that guy. Here, we're going to trade you that guy for Dylan Maples. Very rarely is that going to be the case. Teams with Dylan Maples are almost exclusively going to wait until he gets designated for assignment. Why, 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 why trade a quality piece of any measure or sort to bring in Dylan Maples just to realize, oh, we, he, he's not doing it for us. 
He's not getting it done for us. He's doing terrible for us in spring training. He's just not adjusting to the way we want him to pitch. If we have him on the roster in April, May, and June, he'll have an ERA of 12 and a half, maybe. We're ju- it's just not going to work. We're going to have to designate him for assignment. So what ends up happening, you traded to get a guy who you then designated for assignment. Not a very good utilization of talent. If, however, teams were allowed to trade draft picks, if teams were allowed to trade draft picks, how about Cubs pick up the telephone? Uh, let's see, who would be a... Kansas City, maybe? Cincinnati? I, 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 some team who, if it works out, he would fit in well with their organization and they would possibly be able to carry him for a little bit. I, I'm trying to find a team that fits into that sort of category. And you flip Dylan Maples to them and get back their 18th round draft pick. See how that works? Both teams get something that, you know, this might actually work. It could possibly blow up in our faces. But for both sides, this could actually work. Yeah, an 18th round draft pick isn't the most significant thing in the universe, but if you get the 18th round draft pick for a Dylan Maples, hypothetically, then you know, hey, when it gets the 18th round, we're going to draft somebody. We're resetting a time clock. We're resetting a time clock. Whoever we get, they will be walking into our organization. They won't be on the 40-man roster. They won't have to be placed on the major league roster for the entire time. And, 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 because we make the trade, Dylan Maples, having gone away, doesn't take up a 40-man roster spot. So now, as decisions are made, Dylan Maples isn't taking up a 40-man roster spot. See how that works? Another guy, kind of similar. Similar but different. Adam Morgan has been pitching really well for the Cubs. Adam Morgan has pitched really well down the uh, down the stretch, whatever you want to call it. Um, Adam Morgan, left-handed reliever. The Cubs can have his rights next season if they want to. He was down in the minor leagues long enough. He will not be at 6.00 years. He'll be at 5.150 years or something, whatever the number ends up being. But the Cubs will be able to keep Adam Morgan around next year if they so desire. Kind of like with uh, Rex Brothers. I don't think the Cubs are going to want to keep Rex Brothers. But they might want to keep Adam Morgan because Adam Morgan's been pitching well. So how about, how about, how about, how about the Cubs look around across the spectrum of teams that are valuing 2022 teams that are valuing 2022 we think we can be a good team in 2022 let's just toss off the san diego padres seems reasonable they'll think they'll be good in 2022 and adam morgan look at his record He's been good. The Cubs aren't going to trade him now. They're not going to trade him in August. They're not going to trade him in September. Not going to trade him in October either. But once the season's over, you do the asking around. 
Adam Morgan should have a 40-man roster spot. But I don't know that Adam Morgan should have a 40-man roster spot with the Cubs. Because really what the Cubs would end up be what the Cubs would end up banking on is giving Adam Morgan a 40-man roster spot for the 2022 offseason with the hopes that he does really well in April, May, June, and July and gets traded in July. Now, if Adam Morgan gets traded, it sticks with the Cubs, gets a 40-man roster spot in the offseason, does well, and gets traded in July along the lines of one of the trades that the Cubs made this cycle, that would be a very good move by the Cubs. You hang on to him, 40-man roster spot, keep him around, run him through, use him as your second lefty reliever or whatever. And in July, knowing fully well he is a rental piece because he's not going to be a free agent that the Cubs are likely to sign. He's a rental just like the rental rentals that were traded in July. So the Cubs hang on to Adam Morgan into July. And as the time is right, as the offer is made, that makes enough sense. Adam Morgan traded to someone else. Cool beans. Awesome. Wonderful. Except that's requiring a lot of things to go right. It's requiring a lot of things to go right. First, well, he's going to have to finish the season well. If he finishes the season horribly, if he gets injured, whatever, anything along those lines, it's real easy to kick him into the right-hand column. But you get into the off season. You get into the off season into November. There aren't really a whole lot of trade mechanisms to we're going to offer you a non elite left handed relief pitcher that you can have control of for one season and one season only, what are you willing to offer him for? Or what are you willing to offer for him? Offer us for him? Again, there's really not a whole lot of desire for teams to, well, yeah, Adam Morgan would kind of make our team better, but what's the trade you're going to make? You know, really, what's the... I, 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 I'm having a hard time seeing a, you know, cash deal. Um, trade him for, I don't know what you'd even trade him for. But if a team could trade draft picks, season ends, teams walking into the off season. Everybody's done with everything. Planning for your Rule 5 draft. Call a team. Got an interesting question for you. Interesting question for you. See how Adam Morgan did for us down the stretch? Yeah, he did pretty well, actually. Now, I, I, I'm not going to ask you for a prospect. No, you're not going to give me a top 30, top 35 prospect for Adam Morgan. No, that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. How about 
Adam Morgan for your 19th rounder. I would think that would be a reasonable exchange for certain teams. The Reds jump to mind because they've been having so much difficulty with their bullpen and calling people up. And if they had a better bullpen, they'd probably have already taken control of the second wild card spot. You know, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, but Adam Morgan for a 19th round draft pick, why wouldn't that make a little bit of sense? Because Adam Morgan, if he finishes off this well, this season well, he should be on a 40-man roster over the offseason. He should be because he has pitched well, at least if he continues to. Pitched well in Iowa. He's gotten to Chicago. He's pitched well in Chicago generally. And his most recent outings have been good. So if he finishes off well, he should be properly considered for a 40-man roster spot. But the Cubs aren't the team he should be with. The Cubs really aren't the team he should be with because the Cubs aren't looking for, in general, players who have a maximum of one year left before they have to get moved on from. That's not what the Cubs are after. Other teams are like that. Other teams are, yes, I would certainly be willing to add a guy who I think would help our bullpen in the 2022 cycle and would be a free agent in 2023 and beyond. It could work for the Cubs. After all, the Cubs could have a really good season and push on and make it to the postseason. I'm not wagering on it. But Adam Morgan should be, if he finishes the season well, he should be on a 40-man roster. And it would have to be the Cubs. And there really aren't a whole lot of realistic trade opportunities regarding other teams wanting to trade something the Cubs would be interested in. Because if the Cubs really did have the 26th best prospect pipeline, like a lot of people still seem to think, if the Cubs really did have a lousy minor league pipeline, then it'd be kind of easy. You know, just send a guy who's decent 35. Decent 35. Here you go. Here's a guy you can use him as a reliever in South Bend next year, and we're all good. Have a great day, and we're happy to have Adam Morgan now. If the Cubs had a lousy pipeline, that is the type of trade that possibly might make a whole heck of a lot of sense for both sides. But the Cubs are at a point now where they don't want a crappy player. They really don't have a whole lot of, oh, well, this guy was in the uh, Dominican Summer League and, well, he uh, really didn't do very well. But, hey, you know, he he might, he, that 92-mile-an-hour fastball he has, it might jump up to 97 in a couple of years. The Cubs used to been, the Cubs have been there numerous times in the 50 years I've been following where that sort of a trade, sure, why not? We'll take that because he might work out and we don't have anything else going on. Cubs do have other things going on, though. The Cubs do have a decent pipeline and improving. 
Adam Morgan, if he finishes the year well, should have a 40-man roster spot. And the Cubs are not the 40-man roster he should be on, if that's the case. Sadly, though, draft choices are not tradable as of right now. It would be nice if Adam Morgan could be traded to a team that has a good major league organization but does not have a whole bunch of minor leaguers that they are going to possibly be adding. Um, who that team is, who that team would be, I'm not sure. But since the sort of trade I'm talking about can't be made anyway, it really doesn't matter locating which team. Again, I'm still thinking the Reds make sense. You plug in Adam Morgan now onto the Reds? Mm-hmm. But uh, the Cubs are going to be trying to, I would guess, find ways to create 40-man roster spots this, this offseason. How they're going to do that, I'm not entirely sure. But trading a couple of players that are borderline 40-man roster types for future pieces, that's one way to do it. That's a definite way to do it. If teams were permitted to trade draft choices, that would be a fantastic way. Teams aren't. Teams aren't because owners generally don't like to see executives make trades that mess everything up for the owner. Hashtag Javier Baez for Pete Crow Armstrong. Um, owners don't like seeing those kind of trades. And I was trying to do all the right things. I hired the right guys. I brought in the right people. And then you go off and you make this trade. And this guy that doesn't even end up doing anything for us. We gave up somebody that's really good. Owners don't like doing that. And the owners, oh, what was the line? Let the baseball people do the baseball things. Um, don't want to have somebody babysitting the people doing the baseball things. or what? Yeah, you guys are howling at the phone. Um, owners don't like the executives to screw up and throw their team into a hole. And trading draft picks could do that. So uh, that's one of the reasons why draft, draft picks have not been traded in baseball. We'll see if it happens soon. But um, if you ask me, Dylan Maples for an 18th round draft pick or Adam Morgan for a 19th round draft pick, or throw in a different number. Whatever number works for you is fine. The concept is getting the opportunity to draft someone who possibly might be useful on into the future. And if you get that guy, you make the trade for the 18th round pick, the 19th round pick, the 20th round pick. You give up the player that either is very short term or is a gamble to keep on the 40-man roster in the first place. And you nail down an 18th, 19th, 20th round pick. Then as you are assessing the draft pool, the draft candidates, you get to say, hey, we have an extra draft pick. 
we have an extra draft pick in the 18th round, 19th round, 20th round. So that guy, whoever that guy ends up being, we're probably going to want to make sure he is going to sign and is going to be able to be somewhat productive. And you can find, you can find a college guy. It's not that difficult to find a college guy who represents that he should be useful as a professional on into the future. Let me see. It's Tyler Santana is the name that comes to mind. Tyler Santana was not drafted by the Cubs. He was not drafted by anyone. He was a Jacksonville University starting pitcher for most of his five-year career. And the Cubs signed him after the draft. Cubs signed him after the draft. He is in South Bend pitching somewhat meaningful innings. And they are trying to extend him somewhat back out to being a starting pitcher. Right now he's a relief pitcher. They're trying to extend him back out because if you can find a pitcher who can give you four innings this late in the season, that's an absolute godsend because there are so many pitchers who, um, whether they're healthy or not, aren't going to go an extended period of time. If Tyler Santana can go four innings, fine, wonderful, absolutely fantastic. So if a team would end up getting to a situation where they know, hey, we have an extra 18th round pick, we have an extra 19th round pick, because we traded this guy over to this other team, and we got this, even this late round draft pick, teams would know when we bring in this guy. We're looking for a guy who's going to sign. He's going to sign, he's going to come in and play, and we can immediately send him off to Mesa and then get him up to Myrtle Beach and maybe South Bend. See how he's doing. Check him out. See how it's going. And hope to move him on up through the system. For the cost of giving up someone that we kind of wanted to move on from anyway. The Cubs... 40-man roster decisions this offseason are going to be difficult, and they are possibly going to be rather important. For as mediocre a team as they are, and I say mediocre with the um, fullest respect and all that kind of stuff, but that squad really shouldn't have a whole lot of um, tightness regarding the 40-man roster. But because there are six or seven names that can seriously be considered, and there are a whole bunch of players like Alfonso Rivas and Rafael Ortega and Frank Schwindel, etc. on down the line, these guys are going to be on the 40-man roster. They're going to be on the 40-man roster. Whether anybody thinks they're going to be long-term fantastic or not, your league minimum... Your league minimum, you're going to be on the 40-man roster. It's very difficult. Frank Schwindel. How can you not have Frank Schwindel on the 40-man roster over the offseason? I, I, I really can't see it. So you're going to have guys like Schwindel and Wisdom and very possibly Ortega and Greg Dykeman. And then you have a whole bunch of guys like Alexander Canario, Alexander Vizcaino, Anderson Espinosa, who... Probably won't 
pitch for, won't play for the Cubs until it's the earliest September, but they're on the 40-man roster already themselves. The Cubs have some bubbles, some bubbles in their 40-man roster. And it's going to be moderately difficult to navigate. It was moderately difficult to navigate this year. It's not that they didn't survive. It's not that things didn't work out somewhat well. But there were some concerns. You know, Rafael Morel, or Christopher Morel. Christopher Morel did not play for the Cubs this year. He's not going to play for the Cubs this year. But he took up a 40-man roster spot all year. When you have enough players who are really not 40-man roster options, but they're on the 40-man roster, it makes things more difficult. Um, but yeah, trading draft picks very possibly might happen. And a lot of people are going to be looking at, ooh, we should trade for the first-round draft pick that the Phillies have and get... No, 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 no. I really don't see that happening. Because teams are all pretty much equal in... I'm going to use the term overvaluing draft picks. I don't know if they're actually overvaluing them. But teams are highly valuing draft picks. And very possibly, many of them are overvaluing them. And the draft picks that are going to happen, I don't know what the draft picks would be. I, I, I usually like to use precedent before I decide what I think is going to happen. When I saw what the Cubs did in the Darvish trade, that gave me a hint of what Jed Hoyer was probably going to do in his next trades. And... Clearly, most of the July trades were quite similar to the U Darvish trade. The only one that really veered from it at all was the Craig Kimbrell trade. Because there were players that were actually going to play in games for the Chicago Cubs in 2021 or 2022. Trading for draft picks is something that, if it happens, we won't know what's going to happen immediately. It will be important to keep an eye on trades like that that are happening so we have some relative degree of precedent. Precedent, as of now, we do not have even remotely. Will there be trades of draft picks soon? It sounds like it. I don't know who's caving, who's deciding, okay, we didn't want to do this before, but now we kind of have to. I don't know who's caving. Somebody apparently probably is. But um, bring it. Bring it. Let's see what happens. But uh, don't expect um, Joe Sixpack, who doesn't give a damn about who's starting in high A ball tonight to all of a sudden care about woohoo we just traded for the fourth round draft pick of the Philadelphia Phillies and gave up a reliever in our bullpen no that's not going to be popular it might happen but it's not going to be popular baseball fans like the players they already know and they already like they're not going to 
Yay, we just traded for a guy I've never flipping heard of. No, that's not going to be popular. That will not be popular with many baseball fans at all. That will only be popular with people who run really fringe baseball podcasts that prioritize minor league games. Like this one. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great day. Be safe. Have a wonderful Sunday. And be sure to get enough rest so you are set for your work week on Monday. Have a great day.